Welcome to the We Are TR Podcast. Listen as we talk about what brings us all to this great town. Enjoy. Hey guys, and welcome to the We Are TR podcast. I'm Brandon, along with Lacey. And Lacey, I think everybody wants to know. Really? Do you believe in ghosts? Oh my word. I feel like this is a podcast that we're about to have that you've been waiting for since the day we started. <laughs> I have. I have been looking forward I, to this I know. for so long. And I'm really excited too because I, I think you're coming with this like believer and I'm coming with this, I don't know. I did grow up on a farm in Virginia in this really old house, 150 years old. Um, before the Civil War, and um, and definitely, definitely stories and rumors of people seeing ghosts in my house. I don't know. I I am skeptical. You are skeptical. <laughs> well, well, in case you're all wondering about why we're asking about yeah. ghosts, today we are here with author Lynn Monet. I said that correctly, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how are you doing? I'm doing great. And I got a little story to tell you about old houses oh, and great. new houses. What I learned in the process of all of this with houses being haunted is it's not about the age of the house, it's about the ground that it's built on. Interesting. And how old the ground is and what was there before. And you know, we've had, uh, this was Britain in uh, about a, a house in North Carolina and you know, the Civil War came through there, you had Indians, you know, coming through there, um, suffering and, and you had the witches being hung in Salem. So there was a lot of things that were going on there that were, ritualistic so to speak mm. so yeah you gotta build your house in the right place well that would make sense with this house it was built the floor was sawdust and um during the civil war they would have or even before they would have like square dances and things down there um mm-hmm. and then so there's a lot of history to it but you're you're telling us about so a book that you've written yes um it's called omnipresent yes okay it's one of three i've, I've okay. just released a um, Omnipresent is, is about a house that I bought about 15 years ago that was haunted so bad I was never able to move into it. In, in Greenville, upstate it, or it was else? It was in East Flat Rock, North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, it, so was, that, it was that bad. Um, since then, I've written a sequel, which is Omnipresent, What Happened Next, because a lot of people, after they read the book, they wanted to know what happened to, to me after that, so to speak, and if I ever got in touch with the people that sold me the book. And then I have another one that's getting ready to be released in December called Colors of Heaven, Beginnings Never End. And it's a beautiful story about death, dying, and, and afterlife. So, okay. Are um, these fiction, nonfiction? These are all nonfiction. Okay. These are all true stories. Okay. Written by me. I've been a nurse for 35 years. I did a lot of um, end-of-life care nursing, so I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of people pass away. There's a, there's a beauty to it, believe it or not, sure. that people, you know, even during that time of grieving that they miss out on um, because the veils are open between the dimensions. We live in dimensions. We're on the third dimension. And the fifth dimension is where people go. So um, that, that veil between those dimensions effaces, and you actually have an opportunity when Aunt 
Aunt Lulu's talking about Uncle Joe that died five years ago that's in the room sitting in the chair and everybody's freaking out. Get her drugs. She's hallucinating. No, she's not. <laughs> she's actually seeing Uncle Joe and it gives you an opportunity to talk to Uncle Joe too. You know, a lot of times people miss that that period of time where, you know, you say, oh, if I could just tell them one more thing or if I could just see them one more time or to tell them I'm sorry, to tell them thank you or ask him what he did with his alarm clock, you know? <laughs> and, and you have that opportunity at that time if you're open to it and not afraid. And, and it just, it, yeah, a lot of people miss that because they think that the person's hallucinating, but they're not. Those people are there. And have you then have you experienced then times where you're actually able to help someone like they're able to be willing to believe, willing to listen, and you've actually been able to help them with that or feel like they're closure or whatever? Yes, um, actually, when my mother uh, passed away, which is where the, the book was based on. I know you want to get into the creepy stuff too. Just, <laughs> I don't know, I enjoy, we'll enjoy it, enjoy it all. Yeah, it's all, it all um, kind of comes together. It's um, yeah. the. Uh, I was, I was the only one in the room with my mother, and just to back up a little bit, when I lived this experience, when you get accustomed to seeing something over and over again, and there were two demons and a young man that hung himself in the house in this book. The house was built in the 1970s. Um, I was told by somebody that came to help clear the house, which I had multiple religions in there to do blessings on the house, that if my house had been built three feet over from where it was, it would not have been haunted. But anyway, that's this book. Um, but the, the Colors of Heaven was based, my mother died of cancer. Um, she, um, I was the only one in the room with her. And because I got used to seeing the things in the house, you kind of desensitize. You know, like when, even as a nurse, you know, you know you're dealing with people and body parts. You, you don't, you look at them differently. So you desensitize. And in this case, I desensitized to the ghosts, but I could see them. And it gave me the ability to see interdimensionally and frequencies that a lot of people can't see. But with that gift, that I call it a gift then, back then it was not a gift, but now it is a gift with people that are crossing over. I'm able to see what the body medically transitioning on the physical side, as well as the preparation on the other side where the loved ones come in and the angels come in to collect their loved ones. So it's a beautiful story. And my mother, um, she when she, uh, passed away before she passed away I was sitting in her room and I could see movement like on the other side of the bed and it was the Bailey facing and then I saw my grandmother who had passed away walk in and she went to my mom my mom at that point wasn't speaking anymore she couldn't open her eyes she was um, but she was aware enough to you know verbalize I mean she could she could move her eyebrows and move her mouth but not make sound and it was appropriate so when I told her that her mother had just walked in. Her mother walked over and was stroking the inside of her arm at the bedside, leaned forward, whispered in her ear, and my mom's mouthing her words, and her eye, you know, her eyebrows are going up and down. And then she, my grandmother did it again and again, and the, the appropriate response with my mother. And then from behind her, I could see my younger sister, who was shot in the head by a jealous boyfriend when she was 20, waving frantically behind my grandmother, and I could smell her perfume. She wore, she wore a unique perfume, it was called Matisse back in the 80s, and um, I could see her and she came in, and I could feel her come towards me, I could smell her in the room, and the thing was, is when I told my mom, I said, Mom, I said, uh, Grandma and Robin are here to take you home, it's time to go. She did the mouthing thing, the eyebrow thing, and then within about 10 minutes she stopped breathing. Well, the thing was, is the elation that came from the other side of the room 
the, the joy and the elation. It, it's 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 like a food. I mean, it's the most satisfying thing. It's not even describable, you know. Um, and it, it, to see her, um, let me just back up a little bit. She, at one point, I was sitting and I'm, I'm watching her. I told her that it was time to go, and then all of a sudden, I see the loved ones huddling on the bedside, like like a football coach. And I thought, what are they doing? You know, I'm looking at this and I'm, you know, wondering. And all of a sudden, they start to open up. And my mother is standing in the middle of this. It was like they were trying to stabilize her spiritual feet. Hmm. And so I looked at my mother and she had stopped breathing. Well, I'm grinning from ear to ear because I'm watching this happening on the other side of the bed. And seeing my mother fine, you know, she was there. She was greeting people. She was happy. Some of the people I recognized that she was greeting, his people that had crossed over. Some people I didn't, but she knew them. And... Um, so then I look over and I see my mom has stopped breathing and I'm like man you know nurse walks in my mom's just stopped breathing and I'm grinning from ear to ear they're gonna think I put a pillow over her face or something I mean it's not a normal response right so I called the nurse to come in and um, she announced my mom dead she walked through the festivities that were still going on my mother was greeting people and um and I, I had the opportunity to to peek into the other side what it looks like, the, 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 the lighting. I mean, the lighting emits from the air itself, for lack of a better word. It, it, there's not like a sunshine, and the lighting is perfect. It's, it's not, you know, glarish. And there are colors on the other side that we don't even have here. There are some beautiful, beautiful colors on the other side. But I had the gift of being able to see those things because of becoming used to seeing this horrible episode in my life with this house. So that's what my next book is on. You're going to be hearing me on Coast to Coast with that one. Definitely. Now you consider that as that like a you consider yourself psychic or, or is I'm it an just empath. A, empath. Okay. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not psychic. I don't read cards. I don't tell people you know when when you know something's going to happen or whatever. And, and it's not like I walk around seeing people all of the time. But it has also come in healthy, you know, um, handy in the medical field too. Because, like for instance, I had gone back to school to further my nursing degree, and um, I was had to go through a psych rotation, and so I was being placed in various psychiatric hospitals, attending a, a patient for the day, and. Um, there was this one, for instance, where I was placed into the facilities and a girl had approached and she said to me, she said, you can help me, I know that you can. And, I'm, and of course I was kind of embarrassed looking over my shoulder hoping that she wasn't talking to me because <laughs> here she was, she was talking slowly, she was, you know, it, it was the intake unit. And so um, I went ahead and, and uh, you know, went into another room with the teacher. She told us not to make eye contact and then I got placed back in that room. And I got to talk to the girl, and the girl was telling me how she heard all of these voices, and I'm looking at her, and she's got these scratch marks all over her. And she's wearing like a tank top, but she had scratch marks that look like cat scratches. But she had scratches in areas that she couldn't possibly have reached herself, like inside of her ear, I mean, coming from her nose in the middle of her back between her shoulder blades. And in this, just to back up in this book that I'm giving you, the omnipresent book for the house, a friend of mine was standing next to me in the kitchen when a demon came into the room and clawed her on her back and stomach. These claw marks on this young woman, which is in the book, Omnipresent, What Happened Next, is um, were identical. 
they were, they were the same type of scratches and I recognized them. And they had called her away to go to um, talk to her psychiatrist. She had her hour with them or whatever. And when she got up to walk away, I could see the attachments on her back. So um, with that being said, there's a section that's written about mental health and demonic attachment. There's a lot of people now investigating that because schizophrenia and some of the mental disorders that people have, they really don't know the cause. They think it's hereditary, but maybe it's not. You know, maybe it's hereditary because they're both in the same house getting attachments on them. You know, so they don't know for sure. They just medicate the symptoms, mm -hmm. and, but they really don't know the cause. So. You know, that was interesting to be able to help in, in that way and, and also, you know, some other things like that. But did you want to talk about this book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's get into it. I'm, I'm interested in you. This, the cover of this, this book is an actual event that happened in the house while my son was sitting on the master bathroom toilet. Um, so, and he helped design this book, and I have to say Good this. Good he was sitting on the toilet. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Um, he Wait, was this going to be your first experience ever, like, like when, when you started this book in this house, is this your first experience with kind of the supernatural, or have you had things before that? I grew up in haunted house. Okay. Yeah, I did. I grew up in haunted house. Um, we lived Four, uh, four blocks shy of a hospital that was next door to a nursing home. So, you know, we saw a lot of a lot of uh, people in gowns coming through. My siblings saw them too. It wasn't just me. Okay. When but you were course, younger? Yes, and okay. younger. Okay. But, but in that in that era in that time frame in the 70s when I was raised up, you know, you didn't talk about things like that right. because you get a, a straight trip to the you know, to the psych ward with the men in white coats, you know, would come <laughs> yeah. and get you. And the Joneses might find out, so you don't want to be one of those people. So, um, so my, my, fam my family kind of stymied it, and, and religion also did too, because um, my mother, I, I grew up Presbyterian. Okay. My mother did a, a um, period of time with Jehovah's Witnesses, and when I was 10 years old, I mean, I was taken to the elders, and I was told that what I was seeing were all demons, even though they didn't all look, I knew what demons looked like, I'd seen those too, but they didn't all look like demons, and they insisted that they all were, and I mean, between that, and yeah, I mean, this scared the bejesus out of me, so I kind of yeah. shut it down, and when you go through puberty, that kind of lessens for a while anyway, if you're sensitive, but... Um, How about it happened when you were going through puberty, when you, when by all the activity would, would actually heighten huh. when you went through your body and hormones are so busy that you know I thought well maybe it's poltergeist activity or something like that kind of some of manifest the, itself during that time some of the attachments and things will come in and it's not that they don't see things it's just that it's more active before and after it's still it still has some activity in between but I mean I I became afraid of my gift so I denied it for a long, long time, and then when I went to buy this house, I had been a single mom, recovering from a divorce. I had two small kids at the time, well, seven and 13. And um, I uh, was living in a single wide mobile home, rebuilding my credit, and this house came on the market, and uh, my, my realtor called me and she said, um, she says, this house has not even been listed on the MLS. My colleague just came in with pictures of it, and she said, this house, is in your price range and it's almost too good to be true. Well, that right there should have resonated. <laughs> I should have like said, nope, I'm sorry. So she started to tell me about it, told me to be at her office in an hour so we could go see it. And of course I raced over 
and we went to the house and I'm going through the, the papers that have been typed up and I'm, I'm like, there's no way. Yeah. You know, this house has got to, are you sure that the price is right? Because this house could go for 100000 more than what they're asking. It was a 2400 square foot split level house where the foyer is and you have the descending stairs and ascending stairs. Um, formal dining room, breakfast nook. I mean, it was a nice house. Three yeah. bed and two bath that had this big bonus room downstairs, which was the ghost's room. Um, and the in the family room downstairs, they had a tendency to hover around most. But, um, and obviously I bid on it. But that afternoon when I went back with my kids before I made my offer on it, I took my children with me. And they, were, of course, were running through the house, you know, picking out their bedrooms. And, you know, like, I want this one, I want that one. And then they came and they asked if they could go downstairs. And I said, yes. And so they went ahead and went downstairs. And my daughter came back. She was 13 within like two minutes. And she said, Mommy, I do not like this house. I do not want to move here. And I was embarrassed, you know. At first, yeah. I didn't think I heard her right. And I'm like, what? Well, what'd you say? And she repeated it. She says, there's something about this house. And, and I don't want to live here. And I should have listened, but I didn't. You know, so she... Um, I went ahead and I made a bid on the house, and obviously that I, I got it. Yeah. And um, of course, they had seen things downstairs. They were, like I said, there were the two demons and the young man that had hung himself in the house, which was verified by a neighbor that it had in fact happened. Um, and um, so things continued to happen. You know, with the books, I couldn't keep workers in the house. So you never moved in, or you did move in? I spent two nights there. I never moved in. Okay. Yeah, it was that bad. I mean, Were you it was able to that, sell it, or was it like? I was able to sell it, and I have to tell the story about that because sometimes people will will put little comments underneath, like, "How could she do that?" Um, I I couldn't bring myself to sell it to anybody with children, mm. um, but I did sell it to a retired Florida couple, and. There was one point that this one particular demon kind of overtook the stairwell and the hallway and the locks on the doors. When you read the book, there's always this tricky lock in, in the, in the uh, story. And um, so when the two people were coming down, it was a cash buy. They, I overheard the wife saying to the husband, why did you push me? And, and he, he's like, I didn't push you. You know, I'm three steps back from you. Yes, you did. You know, they're kind of going back and forth about, yes, you did, no, I didn't kind of thing. And um, so when they came out, my conscience got the best of me. <laughs> right. And I didn't want to, I mean, the people that sold it to me had to have known, which it turned out after the fact, I did contact them and they did know about it. There were issues oh, with the house. But you know what, I, as a single mother, I couldn't afford to pay a mortgage to um, furnish a home for those demons and to pay for a place to live myself, right. you know? So um, anyway, when they came out, I asked them, I said, um, do you believe in ghosts? They immediately cut me off. Nope, we don't discuss those sorts of things. We don't entertain those sorts of things. We're Baptists, we, we do not talk about those things. And I said, you know, okay, I respected that. But if they had asked me, I would have told them the truth. So I went ahead and I sold it. And of course, the house was back up for sale six months later when I drove past. Wow. At a, at a time frame, just out of, out of necessity because I had to get off the interstate there. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been driving past there. And prior to that, the people that sold it to me only lived in the house for six months out of the year that they owned it. Hmm. So, um, but different things kept, kept happening in there. Um, my best friend got caught to the point of bleeding. 
friends were attacked. Um, physical, like physical, physically attacked. Were, were like having their hair pulled. My son, the second night that we spent the night there, um, and let, I'll just back up and I'll tell you this part of the book. Woohoo, spoiler alert. <laughs> okay, um, I had been ripping up the carpet and getting, trying to get the rooms ready. We were gonna go ahead and get some renovations done before we moved in. I bought the house in March, so I wanted to wait until the summer to move my kids in. You know, so I was doing some renovations in the meantime, which is why we didn't actually have to stay there. We could go back to the single wide mobile home and, and sleep at night. So um, we were we were doing that, and um, just forgot what I was saying. Um, your son. Doing some renovations, yeah, right, right, yeah. And so um, any anyway, we we were doing the renovations, trying to get them done, and I couldn't. I, first of all, I couldn't get the people to stay in the house to finish the renovations. Mm. I had um, four different guys. The first three left. I got to find out on the third one what happened because it was a friend of mine's cousin. And the fourth one was stoned all the time. So he had, his, he had his own minions with him, his own demons. So they didn't bother him. So um, anyway, um, when I was there, I wanted to finally finish one room that I could walk into that was completely done. Because everything was like half done. Right, yes. You know, I just wanted to, ah, this one's done. Check it off the list. Right, right. So I took on the master bathroom. And uh, I went in there and I painted the ceiling. I painted the walls. And I came out, it was like 11.30 at night, and to clean up my brushes and things like that in the kitchen. And when I came out of the kitchen, the, there was the landing with the, with the double, there were double entry doors and the landing, and then there were descending stairs and ascending stairs. Mm -hmm. But right, right where the descending stairs were, there was a wrought iron railing, which was where the young man had hung himself from, was that wrought iron railing. But anyway, so as I came out of the kitchen door and passing the wrought iron railing, and I see this demon go up from the bottom, flash across the double entry doors, and shoot down the hallway. And I was beyond wetting my pants. Mm. I was yeah. frozen. I'm like, what was? What on earth was that? You how know? do you how do you know though that it was a demon? That's that's always my number one yeah. thing. How do you distinguish between just a ghost and a and a demon? I guess. Well, sometimes ghosts can uh, demons can pose as people that that you know that is true, but there there, there is a difference. Like it, there's a difference if the, the spirit is crossed over versus chosen not to cross over. The ones that choose not to cross over, the ones that are doing the hauntings in your house, the ones that have crossed over can come and go freely, and they're never scary. They they don't they're, they're not the ones shaking your bed in the middle of the night. You know, what I mean, scaring your kids to death, and that's why that's another thing too with kids. They're very sensitive to the things. They their filters are wide open the same way as elderly people. Their filters open up from when they yeah, are. I swear my baby sees stuff all the time. He about be looking behind me like, hey. I'm like, what are you? What are you looking at? <laughs> and if he smiles, it might be somebody that he recognizes from the other side. Yeah, I, I do believe that. But sometimes, um, like in the case of. Um, People that have not crossed over that actually do the hauntings that are the ones that are shaking your bed or scaring you know your things the worst thing that you can do when a child comes to you and says there was a man standing at the foot of my bed oh that's your uncle joe he's your guardian angel he's just watching over you the question should be did he frighten you did you feel uncomfortable and if the child says yes then it's not uncle joe you know, it's, some, it's something else. They're either a ghost or a demon posing as a ghost or a demon for that matter. Um, and when you asked me about knowing the difference between a demon, this thing was horrific. It was horrific. It was not like anything from this earth. 
um, when it came up. And of course, I tried to rationalize it. My kids are sleeping. I'm like, okay, it's 11.30 at night. I've been painting their fumes. I haven't eaten in a while. My blood sugar might be low. Maybe a motorcycle went underneath a, tra you know, a light outside and that was the reflection, even though it didn't seem possible that it could come up from the right. stairs and shoot around. So, um, I, uh, you know, I tried to rationalize, but then I heard my dog, which my dog wouldn't go in the house, I had to carry her in there when we were, but this was the second night and I had to carry her into the house. I heard her ferociously growling and I, she was a little schnauzer. I've never heard her do that before. And when I walked into the bedroom um, doorway, you know, that immediately broke my, I wanted to go down and see what she was growling at. So that broke what I was focused on. I'm like, well, there's nothing here now, you know, so I went ahead and she was standing, staring at that doorway with her hair back up on her, on her back and was just growling and growling. And I mean, I tried to soothe her. I tried to pet her and soothe her so that, you know, she wouldn't wake up my kids. And finally I ended up taking her out and had to carry her back in again. But what happened was, is, um, uh, we woke up the next morning. I said to my daughter, I said, how, how did you sleep last night? Because we all slept in the master bedroom on blow-up mattresses. Yeah. And so she said, I didn't. She said, I felt like something was in the doorway staring at me all night long. And um, when my son got up, he had on this little, uh, whatever, Thomas or whatever, uh, Superman or something, pajamas. They, had, they were shorts with short sleeve shirt. And he had bite marks on his legs. He had three bite marks on his leg looked like animal bite marks like even a dog bite marks but the, it was too small to be my schnauzer my schnauzer was a medium size you know and their heads are kind of big it was smaller than that but bigger than like a rat or something would have left and I asked him I said Austin you've got bites on your legs what happened you know did Sally how did you get those bites on your legs now I he was in the bathtub the night before running around the house in his pajamas those bite marks were not there and they were purple. He would have felt them if the yeah. dog had done it or something. And he says, I don't know. And he's touching them with his finger, you know, and he's like, he didn't know where they came from. So my feeling was is that the, that, that demonic thing that had come up the stairs had done that. Um, finding out from the people who I did track down that I bought the house from, they also had two children. And they were telling me, when I was talking to the wife, she was telling me about how her daughter would show up with bruises, her four-year-old daughter would show up with these bruises and, and these weird, like, scratches on her. And they asked her, you know, and they said, Where, what happened? Did you fall down? Where did you get that? And she said, the monsters downstairs don't like me. Well, she would talk about the invisible things in the house, but they thought that it was like an invisible friend sure. until she started to describe how ugly they were. You know, she would talk about the man and the two, the two monsters. And so, within that same week, they had their son had gone to school, and the teacher had asked him to draw. You know, they draw a picture of your house and your family. You know, you're six years old, you got your little stick people. You know, and he drew that, and then he had these three other creepy-looking things off to the side. And when the teacher and the parents both asked him, you know. What's this? Oh, those are the monsters that live in my house. Well, yeah, so they didn't end up lasting there very long either, and then they ended up selling the house to me. And didn't so, feel the need to tell you about this. Well, you know, the thing is, is in the closing, um, the wife wouldn't look me in the eye. She kept staring at her feet throughout the whole closing. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that should have been a giveaway right there, but I thought maybe, you know, maybe she's 
uncomfortable, you know, looking at people, you know. I was thrilled to get the house. I mean, it was like a dream house. I mean, it looks just like a house in the suburbs. It was beautiful, brick two-story house on a Florida flat lot. You know, it was almost, it was just under like a half of an acre, you know, a little over an acre, maybe about a third of an acre. But, um, and I'm like, you know, like yeah, I mean, we were living in a single wide trailer in a dumpy old trailer park for many, many years while I rebuilt my credit. I mean, I was proud as a, as a single sure. mother to be able to provide something like that for my kids, but it turned out to be the booby prize. You know, you know, I kept, you know, I, 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 I am, um, you know, I, I prayed through it a lot and I, uh, I don't know if I was meant to get the house because the young man that hung himself in the house spirit during one of their, the release, it was released during one of the um, cleansings that some people came over to do for me. So maybe that was the reason that I was there, but don't put me through, I mean, it would have been different if I had had a husband, you know? You know, what, what do you do when your kids come to you in the middle of the night and they say there's something in my closet or under my bed? Well, in that house, there might have really been something under the bed, you know? And then they run into your room and, they're, and you're scared too because the covers are getting pulled off. But the <laughs> that is really scary. Yeah. You know the things the things that I did learn is like I said to you about it's not about the house it's about the land. Yeah, I was about to ask you about that. You said it was just over what two or three feet or something. It would have you wouldn't have had anything. Yeah. Yeah. because it was on a ley line or yeah they said there was some kind of a ley line or tunneling well, what's a ley line ley lines no, are, are she's, she's the professional yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> ley, ley lines are grid lines that are all over the the earth um there are a lot of very very um special pyramids and um uh, forgive me the hedge stones are yeah. built on one and if you can line them up where significant things have been built that are either very spiritual or UFO, um, alien kind of orientation or things like that. And she had made mention that there was some tunneling, but she also commented that the house caddy corner across the street from mine and the one behind it was also haunted because she could see the path. Who is this? Who's the she? Um, she, was an in, she was a native Indian woman that had come to my house to bless the house. My last attempt because the Catholics couldn't get him out, the Episcopalians. I had a paranormal group from Georgia come up. I had a, 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 a Presbyterian minister and an Episcopalian priest in there at the same time. And that took all day. I was attacked at that time. Okay. By, by something invisible in the house. Is this when you start doing research, or had you already done research before this? Like, like, you know, even, I mean, I've never even heard that there were lines. Like, I didn't even know this was a thing. So, like, is this information you had going in, or after these experiences, you're after, like, okay, let me figure this out. Yeah, after going, after these experiences going in, I started to research that, and I'm reading about it, and then I started watching, you know, a couple of shows. Not that I have the luxury of doing that very often with kids in the house. It's usually, you know, everything's G-rated on the first floor. So, uh, you know, I have, and, and I'm exhausted by the time they go to bed, but, um, it just, um, yeah, that I started to investigate those things, and and they they talked about the ley lines and how it they line up some with some of the um, the the astronomy and things like that with the stars and things like that, and that that they're often used also for for alien activity. So we got aliens too. <laughs> I've seen them actually. I had a patient. I had a patient that uh, I suspected was, and this is how this whole thing kind of started. I was on with Linda Moulton Howe. And um, I was I was listening to her, and I asked. I said, you know, you're talking about these aliens, but are there alien hybrids 
among the, uh, that are amongst us. And she's like, why do you want to know? <laughs> so I gave her my contact information. She contacted me. I ended up on her show. And I was telling her about this, this one patient that I had. Um, she always looked like a wild-eyed rabbit. I mean, her eyes were like real big and great. Sounds got bigger eyes, right? Yeah, yeah. She, I mean, she's like, like this. And they were kind of like bulging. I thought she had Graves' disease at first. But, you know, but the thing was is, Every time I would go in her room, my blood pressure cuff would die. I mean, I, I would bring a freshly charged thermometer, freshly charged pulse ox, freshly charged blood pressure cuff. Finally, I just gave up and started taking in the manual one, and I'd take it manually because I knew that the batteries weren't going to work. But one night I went into her room. It was about 10.30 at night. I was um, taking her meds down to the room. And when I walked into the room, she was laying on her side facing me. And there were these images on the other side of her bed that were working like an old-time switchboard operator, like unplugging things and replugging things and unplugging things and replugging things. And I didn't say anything, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, and then one came around and actually walked through me and I could feel this static energy when it did walk through me and it, and I'm like, oh, excuse me, you know, like I would if I bumped into a person. And and the, and the lady's like, oh, it's okay, honey. You're you're fine, you know. And I give her her. So she actually the, the lady that went through you. No, 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 no. Okay. no. There were there were five different beings in the room, and they all looked identical. They I couldn't see their faces because of the way that they were covered, the type of um, uniform, black, the better word that they had on the space thing. But they were behind the veil. They were working behind the veil, and I don't think that they realized that I could see them. So of course, you know, here I am going into this patient's room. I'm not going to mention anything because I'm giving this lady her medication. I want to think the nurse is loopy giving her drugs. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, um, I let it go. But this happened four more times in that room only with her. I mean, over a span of two years, it didn't happen all of the time, you know, and there was no other room but hers that that would happen where these beings would be on the other side of her bed like plugging and unplugging things. And another thing about um, that I've noticed about the people that are assumed hybrids is that they don't have children. And she had never had children of her own. Mm -hmm. So um, that, that's how the whole thing started with, with Linda Moulton Howe and talking okay. to her about that. So I have to ask, as the, as the resident skeptic at this table, okay. um, <laughs> when you've seen these things, is there anyone else that's seen them with you? Yeah. Seen yes. The same thing with you? Okay. Yes, yes. I've had um, my very best friend, Janet. Um, she, when we were together in this house, um, she saw one of the demons in the lotus position hovering in the hallway. She saw the wolf thing swiftly going up past the door on her own, so she identified those two. And when the, when the um, American Indian lady came, there were three of us in the room when the wolf-type demon presented itself at the top of the stairs. And there was a, she had brought a friend, it was a guy. The guy was standing next to me. She had her little format right up the top of the stairs, kind of off to the side, and she had her, her incense and stuff going. And when it presented to the top of the stairs, I could see it. And the guy next to me goes, whoa. I said, can you see that? He says, yeah, I can see that. And she said, and then the lady speaks up and she says, you said that it had big feet. 
I said, yeah, it does. And then she would communicate with it. We're all standing there. And this thing would like gurgle. It sounded kind of like a didgeridoo. You know, wah wah, kind of a staticky wah wah kind of sound. And then it would, and then she would say something to it, and then it would respond, and then she would say something, and then it would respond. And she had said that the reason why they were in the house was because where the house was built, they were tunneling and traveling, and that the house broke into blocking blocking the the um, way for them to continue their travel. So interesting. So is there a way? Is, has has it ever been documented like? like, um, you know, through video or even voice recording, like where there's, you know, I, mean, I, I don't tend to watch the same shows you watch because I tend to, like, <laughs> like you know, also as a single parent, like, I I, I just don't like to be creeped out. Yeah, of course. Um, and, and so I just don't, I don't even dabble. Um, but it, but I know, you know, my wife's married, my husband loves to watch these kind of things, and they'll be like, you know, recording set up. I can't remember who the guys were, Ghost Hunters maybe, or there was a show that was popular a while ago, you probably know. Like they, man, I can't remember it. Um, there been a lot of Ghost Hunters. I'm sure there are, but I thought there was one called Ghost Hunters. Yeah, there was, there was yeah. one called Ghost Hunters. Yes, so they, how, yeah, how, do, how does that work? How, have, you, do you, have you ever been able to record any of this, or have it? Yeah. Yeah, I had a paranormal group come up from Georgia. Um, the uh, uh, the priest's name was Andrew Calder, and he since has passed away. Young guy. Um, and he did he did the infrared. He went in the night before with all yeah. of the lights off, and he went through with the infrared. He did the EVPs. He determined that I was right that there were two demons and a young man in the house, and um, and he actually got video and pictures of the ghosts. So you sold this house, right? Yes. And now you're living in Traveler's Rest, right? Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. When I heard George Norris say it, your name and was in Traveler's Rest, I'm like, I've gotta, gotta, gotta get her. <laughs> right. And so I actually emailed. I was like, she'll never email me back, but she did. And I thank you so much. No, so, I appreciate yeah, having you me, coming. and I'm glad that we didn't mention my name. Um, Lynn Monet is my pen name. We're not going to mention my name because of what we've talked about. I don't want to have my house <laughs> painted black. You know, we're living. So our um, house is not haunted. No, 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 it was that house. I mean, and that was just the thing. You know, when I contacted religion, I mean, I went down the yellow pages of every church reaching out, including my own. I was Presbyterian at the time, and nobody would help me. They would tell me, oh, well, if you went to our church, this would be happening to you. <laughs> That's if terrible. They, yeah, they, yeah, I'm serious. Yeah. And, I, and I was a single mother at the time. Oh, well, it must be what you're doing. I'm like, look, I haven't been out on a date in four years. You know, you know, you, you, you can't. These were the things yeah, sure. because, because they didn't have an answer and they didn't want to deal with it because they were afraid too. So, and I understood that. And it's like, you know, your slogan is, what would Jesus do? He would have helped me. But I understand that you're human and it's frightening. You know, so I get it. So I finally had to reach out to people that actually knew me. And I was working in a facility um, that had an Episcopalian priest in there. Not the same guy that came to the house, but he had known me for like seven years at that point in time. And I started to tell him the story, and he believed me, and he gave me the direction that I needed. Mm. Where I finally, you know, um, I had gotten the Presbyterian minister. There was one of them that didn't run off from me. I thought I thought they were going to turn green and all run off, but he didn't. He stood by me. He helped me. Um, and then I had the paranormal group oh, no, from Georgia that was like, they did, in fact, get pictures. No, of there's, um, so, well, let's yeah. uh, 
get into some more lighthearted stuff and finish up with our I'm few sorry questions we, we ask at the end. I'm sorry we have to end. I don't know if this is like the, the, the easiest interview we've ever done. I, I know you've done all the talking. It's been fantastic. <laughs> we love hearing from you. Um, and we're happy to come back. Yeah, we, I mean, there's Definitely. probably so much more. I mean, actually, this feels like a really dramatic shift to go to this. But um, <laughs> these are just, I mean, I mean, really, they are dramatic shifts from what we're talking about. But so they're just kind of three lighthearted questions that we just draw randomly and we don't know until we draw them. So I'm just turn the road here and say, I feel almost ridiculous doing this shift, but okay. If you could sing a duet with anyone, who would it be? We'll just turn a different direction. A duet. A duet. Uh, I would have to assume that I could sing, which we I can't, but. Well, yeah, and I can't either. Okay. So, yeah, I, you know what? Again, single mom thing. You know, I don't have time to pay t- I don't, you know, I could walk down the street with movie stars and not even recognize right. who they are because I don't, I don't watch TV, you know. I don't get to go to movies. I, I mean, I remember the older ones. Oh, I don't know. Um, Marie Osmond, I guess. You know? <laughs> That's a good really cool one. Yeah. You know, I mean, if I have to pick one, you know, so. Yeah, okay, not? Marie Osmond. Excellent. Yeah. Does yeah. any, half the people listening is probably, isn't you know, even going to oh, know someone will, is. someone will know. <laughs> who are you going to see a duet with? You he, can he, see. He, he's dead, but okay. I would go with uh, probably Lester Flat. See, like Flat and Scrubs yeah. or something? See, yeah. I, I kind of yeah. know. See, I don't even know who that is. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't think many people are going to know who that is. Yeah. I think, I mean, not that I could sing with these people, but I just love them. I have to go with my, my favorite band, which is the Ava Brothers. Although I also love the Indigo Girls. No, I, I, do know, I do know those. Yes. Yeah, so if I could sing with those people, but they would not want me to sing with them. But it would be really fun. Um, all right, what will people look back at us 50 years from now and be shocked and appalled by? So when people in the future <laughs> look back. My story. <laughs> Maybe. The fact that I can walk into a bar and see... Um, souls that have not crossed over that are lingering around them to smell their drink and cigarette. Is yeah. it always like it's always happening for you, or you don't know what's happening? Sometimes, sometimes I don't know when it happens. Sometimes I can do it on purpose, you know. Um, but, but not always. It just kind of happens more so. But yeah, um, yeah. When when souls don't cross over, they they still have their cravings for whatever addiction they had prior to. They still show how they died, like if somebody got their head cut off in an accident, they're carrying their head. And um, seriously, and they still have emotions and anger. Seriously. No, but seriously, it's pretty gruesome, you know, and you walk in and you've got these alcoholics trying to sniff your drink. was it dead like me where they had to like pull the soul right before they died so there would yeah. still be like the soul would be intact <laughs> how do you how do you close your eyes at night like this come are you able to sort of separate this you know like you know my nurse's training i'm able to separate because you're dealing with death and dying and, and for a while i did urology so i mean i was dealing with people from their belly button to their knees and you had to make everything like a big toe you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah so yes. so you do even with like with my children and, and talking about things you know i can detach i can go into my nurse mode and speak about things that are like what you know yeah you're asking me what did you do that you know type thing i can step away from it um and part of that is the training that i have that's probably true what do you think what do you think people will be appalled about they see in 50 years probably the fact that i raised six kids <laughs> those would be amazing <laughs> hey they should be proud of you you're, proud, paying, yeah. you're paying for all of them oh, okay. you got it covered right, you're not using right. anything from the government really I feel like I feel like I don't know. Of course, they'll be very different, but I feel like well, maybe they'll be appalled at the fact of how much time we spend on things like just staring at a, at a computer screen that's in our hand, like these little tiny oh, yeah, how much time one. we wasted on that. I mean, I don't know. 
Um, what would, oh, this is funny, what would the worst ingredients to fill a burrito with? <laughs> what would be the worst ingredients to fill a burrito with? Really shift the food here. I mean, it's endless, the but, options. Yeah, but. it's like, you could just put anything in and call it a burrito, wrap yes. it up in a... Yeah. Cake? Uh, uh, cake? Yeah, maybe. Oh. I, I, I think it would what kind of burrito it would be. If maybe. you had, like, ice cream and Cool Whip and, you know, maybe fine. wrapped it up, then it would be... Yeah, and you fry it, and then just... Yeah, good. Okay, maybe yeah. everything in a burrito I don't think good. anything, as long as it's just the right combination, it's good, right? Yeah, just about everything. Let's see. Let me think. Goose liver, pate, there you go. Anything really gross or ready. But actually, would be that's pretty good if it's prepared the right way, too. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's anchovies. Like, I've never had oh, either yeah, of those. anchovies are pretty bad. Snails. Yes, anything gross is pretty good. I have tried Prepared right is pretty good. It is. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't yeah. care for that. Yeah, it's a little slimy and chewy, yes. but oh, you yeah, know. You can literally right. put anything in a burrito, and it's going to be good, yeah. Oysters? I guess it depends on where you come from, too. Raw or steamed. I mean, they're both gross. I like steam. I can't do raw. Yeah. I don't like steam. I can't do raw either. Yeah. See, I like steam. But, you know, it, and it depends on what country you come from, too, because you've got some countries that eat eat animal, dogs. Sure. You know, they have dog stew in Korea, you know, and they raise puppies yeah, to do it. that. You and that, you and that's like a, <laughs> You would try dog? Would you try dog? No. Me neither. <laughs> no, no. I've got, I've got, I've, I, we've, we've constantly had a dog in our household. Yeah, we can't eat There's a dog. no way. I can't do a cat, can't do a dog. I mean, maybe I can eat a horse. Maybe. Uh, I'd try it. You, I know you would try it. I don't know. Maybe I could do a horse. It ain't nothing. Yeah. I'd, I'd always give, give it a, a, a fair shake before yeah. I say no to it. You I'll let you would. try it then. You can <laughs> tell me about it for real. I've tried so, buffalo and that might be as wild. I I've tried snake. buffalo too. I think I might it's just a, a cow. I've had alligator. Yeah, alligator's yeah, delicious. Huh? Alligator's delicious. It is. I'm actually going to buy it's an alligator and cook it. Yeah. Just for fun. Yeah, you can, there's a website you can buy an entire alligator and you know the craziest shit, things shit to your house yeah it's really okay. good alligator's delicious all right but anyway <laughs> so is there a you do instagram facebook you got a website oh, i have a website it's www.lynnmonet.com okay um you can find my books there the one in um, no two ends Pardon me? Two N's. Lynn, two N's. Yeah, two N's. L-Y-N-N-M-O-N-E-T dot com. Um, if you need to reach out to me for anything, uh, I am also a consultant for the paranormal, so okay. feel free to reach out. And I still answer my emails at this time. That she does. <laughs> that she, she does. does. Which we're glad of. Yeah. <laughs> Lacey, where do you find you at? Uh, TravelersRestHere.com, um, Instagram, Facebook. All right, you can find me at Tim's Mobile Detailing on all the platforms. Once again, thank you so much for coming yeah. out. This is literally the easiest interview we've ever done. <laughs> I don't think we true. said too much. So. Well, this thank you great. so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And you know, the thing is, is there is, there, there is a need for this kind of thing because there are a lot of people that are suffering with this kind of an issue. I was actually on Rude Jude in, in Los Angeles on the radio with him, and. There, he said that the phone lit up so much with people calling, hey, I got a you know ghost in my house, what do I do? Mm. You know, type thing that they don't ever have it explode like that. And I must have gotten 47 emails within four hours of people mm. saying, my, my cabinet doors are slamming during the night. You know, I keep seeing dark shadows. Can you help locks. me? <laughs> so, huh? I said, that's just faulty locks. <laughs> are you, have you gone out and helped people? Have you been able to do that? I have or? cleared houses, yes. Okay, interesting. Mm -hmm. well, all I right, know well, we, we go definitely on, so. do, uh, we're going to have to do part two for <laughs> yes, sure. Yes, for so. sure. All right, thanks so much. Thank yeah, you thank so you. Much. Thank you for having me. Tim's mobile detailing makes having a clean vehicle easy and convenient. We come to your home or office.
We specialize in anything from maintenance detailing to ceramic coatings. Please follow us on all the social medias at Tim's Mobile Detailing. Thanks. Have a great day. We'd love for you to follow along at Travelers Rest Here. We share the stories of the people and the places of TR, a town that is just as charming as its name. Find us online at TravelersRestHere.com, on Facebook at Travelers Rest Here, and on Instagram at Travelers Rest Here. Subscribe online to our weekly newsletter for events and stories in TR. See you online.